It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as hosts Amina and Isaac explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we will chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Thank you so much for joining us, and it's a huge pleasure to to have you here in the Podstarter studio um, on our uh, second episode of our new podcast series. Super exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. I've never been here before, so it's very cool. Yeah, so maybe introduce yourself uh, to our listeners. Sure. So I'm Ingrid Dion. I am the CEO of WordCraft. It's a social media marketing agency. Um, and we're headquartered in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. There are no other social media marketing agencies in, in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. So we have that unique um, unique ability to say that we're the only ones. Um, so yeah, we specialize in organic social, um, social media strategy, content creation, um, community management, and reporting. I guess that's sort of what makes us unique is that we specialize in organic. We don't do paid campaigns. I mean, we do once in a while, but our, our zone of genius is organic social. Um, and we work with, you know, really big uh, clients like Nestle Canada and Kraft Heinz and Manulife Bank. Um, we're working with the Toronto Raptors on an ad That's soon. That's so exciting. <laughs> it's crazy. Go Raptors. And we also work with small businesses like across North America. We just got our first U.S. client. So Wow. Yeah. Super exciting stuff. Yeah. Like. Yay. Congratulations. That's Thank really you. cool. And uh, does the rest of your team also live in the Yarmouth area or are you kind of spread all throughout Nova Scotia? Two others are in Yarmouth. And then we have one person who is in Halifax. Um, she's in France right now because, you know, I don't care where you are as long as you get your work done. Yeah. So she's in France. And then another um, part of our team is on PEI. Wow. wow. Yeah. Sweet. But we're very like... Almost all Nova Scotia, I guess all maritime based. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all women too. Woo! Yeah, that's that. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some rapid fire questions for you. So feel free to just kind of choose the first option or choice that comes to mind. But of course, no rush. Take your time. Cool. So question one coffee or tea? Tea. Although I have both. Right yeah, <laughs> a little confusing for the people. Yeah, they exactly. Can't see, they can't see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I am number one a tea drinker, just black tea. Um, although I do sometimes have like one one coffee, maybe every two days or something. And uh, number two here is Netflix or Amazon Prime. I neither. So okay. I am sort of weird in that way, and I don't really consume any like TV or movies. Okay. I know it's weird. Um, I listen to podcasts, so oh. great, great that I'm on there a you podcast. There you go. This is so on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, yeah, and I read books, but I don't watch any TV. Any visual media at all? Not particularly. Like I'll watch, I mean, I'm on TikTok all the time, like social media I watch. Um, but I don't know if it's like an attention span thing, but I can't. All right, next one is... Apple or Samsung? Oh, Apple. Yeah. Sweet. Good. Yeah. Um, last thing you ate? 
Well, I'm having coffee and tea right now, but um, <laughs> I met a pal for sushi for lunch, so oh. that was pretty awesome. Oh, She's yeah. actually the um, the person who hired me at the agency where I used to work. So how I got into social media marketing, I guess, was oh. all because of her. And so we just had lunch together. It was lovely. Aww. Full circle moment. Yeah. That's amazing. And the last question here is, what's your favorite provincial park in Nova Scotia? Definitely Islands Park in Shelburne County. Mm. I know, maybe a strange uh, pick, but it is so stinking cute. Um, it is across the harbor from the town of Shelburne. And if you've ever been to the town of Shelburne, you know that it's super duper adorable. Yes. So when you're camping in Islands Park, you see Shelburne across the harbor. It's beautiful. The park is really nice. Um, you can go swimming. Uh, we go camping there in the summer. And I we so I have a Prius and I have a tent that fits on the back of my Prius. I love that. And I, I have a special blow up mattress that is made just for the Prius. It's like I've got it all figured out. Yeah. <laughs> if if I didn't have dogs, I wanted something like that. Yeah. Well, I have a child, but the child goes in the tent. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> for my poor child. <laughs> Banished to the tent. Yeah, <laughs> stay in your tent. So, in your opinion, how does Nova Scotia rank as a tech hub? Ooh. Um, well, that's a funny question, considering <laughs> I am on the board of Digital Nova Scotia. That's why we asked. Yeah, like, what is your answer? Is this a test? <laughs> yeah, it is, actually. We're just bringing people on who are on our board yeah. so that we can quiz them. Right, yeah. yes, yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it's a great place to be because, and so I'm going to put my little pitch for rural because that's... 110%. Please that's, do. Yeah, so <laughs> I am a huge proponent of um, of embracing the talent that exists in rural Nova Scotia that has sort of been banished to the, I don't know, the corners for a little while because for so long you had to come to Halifax or, you know, go outside of Nova Scotia, you know, go to Toronto, you know, Waterloo <laughs> of all places, but it's a very big tech hub. Yeah. Um, or elsewhere, you know, to get a job in tech. But there is so much talent outside of these uh, urban centers. And I think the pandemic was a great thing for that because now everyone can telecommute. Um, yeah. And so you can hire people from places like Yarmouth, places like, mm -hmm. you know, Port Hawkesbury, places like Truro, Amherst, Pictou, wherever, and um, have them on your team. They don't need to be in Halifax. Um, and that is the beautiful thing about our area, about mm -hmm. our province. Um, and people are moving in from, you know, as everyone knows, people yep. are moving from everywhere to come to Nova Scotia because it's an amazing place. Absolutely. And they're bringing all of their tech knowledge and they're bringing their tech companies here and um, their expertise. And so I think it's a really great time for tech in Nova Scotia. Um, I find too, the beauty of Nova Scotia is, to your point exactly, is that there's so many opportunities in rural spaces. Like a lot of folks think I live in Halifax, but I live in like, great village area which is like 50 minutes oh. outside Truro so like I just commute up once a week and it's really nice because I get to see everyone but also cool. I get to go back to my cozy little house yeah. um and just it's just so accessible nowadays yeah. and uh I think that's my favorite like comment is that yeah. like people always think in Nova Scotia you have to live in Halifax you mm -hmm. have to live in HRM like this is where tech lives but and also if you live in the rural areas you get the er 
areas <laughs> you get a you get to work with a view so many times i've called members video called them and they're sitting in the valley overlooking this beautiful winery yeah working yeah. or they're at the beach um that one's a little hectic because there's the sand issue but <laughs> but i i've called people and they're working from these beautiful spaces whether it's a winery whether it's the beach whether it's like near the lake from a cabin yeah i'm just like amazed by yeah. how accessible work is now yeah. with telecommuting and working remotely. Absolutely. That. And this is something that I've been waiting for for a long time. I have worked from home. I've been like the foreign correspondent in quotations um, for so many jobs that I've had. I've been working from home since 2004, I guess. Trailblazer. Wow. Yeah. And so when, when I was looking for a job in marketing, um, I was, you know, living in Yarmouth County. Um, I couldn't move to Halifax because I was a single mom and I shared custody of my son. And so to move to Halifax and make him have to go visit his dad three hours away on the weekend would yeah, have been really pretty unfair to him. Right. So I was looking for jobs and, you know, I would get interviews and I'd say, okay, here's the thing. I live in Yarmouth County. I can't really move to Halifax. And, you know, it would be just a done deal. No, no, yeah. we're not even going to entertain that. Yeah. And the reason that I got a job at an agency in Halifax was because the person who hired me took a chance on some single mom <laughs> who was living under the poverty line. And um, she they, they gave me a job wow. and um, they allowed me to work from Halifax one day a week and work from home the rest of the week. That mm -hmm. is that's amazing. And yeah. that's yeah. like kudos to that person because yeah. no, uh, honestly, and it takes people taking it takes people taking chances on yeah. others to be like, you know what? Like so many people do better work at home in yeah. their own spaces and some people do better work when they're in an office environment, but I think giving people the flexibility to that, to do that is really important, especially for yourself if you have like a kid or maybe you're yeah. like caring for someone, yeah. like yeah. a parent or someone, you know, and that you need that. Yeah. Yeah. Flex I didn't mean to interrupt you, but flexibility is key and I think what has like opened up the doors and the Pandora's box for Nova Scotia is that flexibility because yeah. now you get people who can live their best life and move to a province where they have that scenery and they can do the same work that they were doing in the city without having to worry about the commute, the stress, yeah. all of it. So it's such a good work-life balance that we're introducing into um, the space where we can work work remotely. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing is that I have a beautiful office space in Yarmouth. I see it on your story and I'm like, oh my goodness. It's beautiful, yeah, it isn't it? It looks like a fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It is the best office, office space in Yarmouth, like hands down. I have it. Like it is mine. Um, and because I'm in Yarmouth, you know, it's super duper cheap. It costs yeah. me five hundred bucks a month for my oh. <laughs> for my beautiful loft office with these enormous windows and these super high ceilings. And Should if, we move our office? I yeah. was gonna Here. say, yeah. I recommend you know decentralizing the digitalness of Nova Scotia and you know getting agencies and you know um, <laughs> there is there is definitely a case to be made for you know just getting out to those corners of the province yeah. and, and, you know, setting up shop there. Yeah. And that's an interesting perspective because I know there are some rural areas in Nova Scotia that were once kind of industrial and they yeah. had like factories and they had like um, more, more like physical workspaces and, 
since that kind of industrial vibe died out, the town is dying. Didn't um, Reese was on last last episode and mm-hmm. he said that, you know, he's co-hosting a podcast or, or producing a podcast that's about Amherst. Oh. And if if telecom- telecommuting or I'm saying that wrong, aren't no, I? No, you're telecommuting that right. and working remotely <laughs> is something that we're doing. We can bring breathe life into those cities that were once huge spaces to work and, and showcase the talent to, that exists there precisely. to yes. revive that because revive that's them. what we we really need in Nova Scotia these yeah. days and I think this is also like a really really prime transition into like the next question here but for yourself especially when you started um, WordCraft what are the barriers to entry when there are opportunities in tech? Oh, that's a good question um You know, it's never easy to start a business. It's like no one's ever ready. And I thought that I would be ready at some point. You know, I was I'd kind of been thinking about starting a business. And what I would do was I would meet with anyone who was an entrepreneur and try to, like, absorb some of that entrepreneur from them <laughs> I thought that maybe having a coffee with them would help yeah I'm sure um, it did <laughs> I mean it I guess it just helped like um, solidify the fact that I wanted to do it um, but it, it it didn't help me be ready and and you know have all of my ducks in a row and be ready to start a business I never ever got there and I don't think ever anyone ever gets there like yeah. you just have to start you just have to take a leap and just hope for the best Um, so I think there are many barriers to entry because no one's ever ready. I mean, maybe if you have like an MBA and, you know, you've studied a lot or something, but maybe even then you're not never ready. I don't know. I can't see that anyone is ever ready for, for starting a business. Um, so yeah, I found it extremely difficult because I felt like I knew my craft really well. I knew social media really well. I had been working in it for years, um, but had no idea how to run a business. And so I joined Ignite, uh, which is a hub, innovation hub yeah, in Also Yarmouth. a member of ours. Yeah. Yeah, We're familiar. yeah. So I joined Ignite because I thought, okay, these people will help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it did help. It, it That was a community that I could be a part of. And there were other entrepreneurs there and we could bounce ideas off of each other. And so that was amazing. Sweet. So you know, I just tapped into various people and various resources, whatever I could. I, I, you know, applied for different programs and coaches and all kinds of stuff just to try to learn as much as I could. Um, But I did find, you know, it's a bit hard, number one, when you're a woman um, and starting a business. And, you know, number two, when it's a service-based business and it's not necessarily something that people can hold and touch. And, you know, you explain that you're a social media marketer and not everyone knows what that even means like mm-hmm. you just you're on Facebook all day like is that what you're doing um <laughs> no, I hear that all the time <laughs> so so yeah it's kind of hard to make people understand especially when a lot of the coaches are much older and maybe yeah. they don't have a whole lot of um knowledge about tech so yeah, that's fair. that's another issue you know trying to find those mentors who have a lot of experience in business but most of them don't really have a lot of experience in like digital or tech. Looking for a new opportunity and want to get involved in tech? Open to all Atlantic Canadian residents. Skills for Hire Atlantic offers free, bilingual, and virtual in-demand digital and professional skills training. Hear what past participant Ashley Burke had to say about the program. For me, I think the Skills for Hire program is as much to do with tech as it is for career decision making. 
for me gaining that knowledge that I needed and make me feel more confident in being part of conversations that I didn't feel I could be part of before. You know, the Skills for Hire program is very good. It has a lot of interesting facts, good knowledge, good people behind it. It's a career journey. Applications close July 18th. Apply now at skillsforhire.ca. So I'm curious myself too, what, in, in your journey, when did you kind of come to the realization that the type of work that you wanted to do, you wanted to kind of own that rather than work for an agency or work for a nonprofit or go down the, you know, and partner with startups or whatever. Like what mm-hmm. made you decide that like, I want to do this like solo journey? That is a, f- a funny origin story. So. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> so I was working for that agency that um, that hired me in Halifax. And, you know, I was I, I started as a social media coordinator, just a very entry level position. And um, I worked my way up to manager of social pretty fast, which was amazing. And um, I was managing a team of like 10 to 12 people in Halifax and Toronto, wow. mostly from my home in Pubnico, <laughs> Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I had a little raise when I went from coordinator to manager, but not a big raise, but okay, maybe I could do this myself. Maybe I could have my own business. Um, well, I mean, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And, and here we are. Yeah. So that's kind of where the seed was planted because I never wanted to run my own business. Like my dad had his own business and it was never really something that I wanted to do. And, and that was it. And this so. is circa, like what, what year was this? Uh, 20, uh, the early 2019. Cause I started working, I left the agency and took a job with Manulife Bank. Okay. Um, they're now my client. But I took a job because they wanted to launch social channels. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, this will be good. And they offered me like way more money than the agency was paying me. So so I took that job. Yeah. Yeah. And and I launched their social media channels. And at the time I was taking on clients on the side. Um, And so Nestle was one of the big clients at the agency. And they came to me afterwards. So I had them on the side. As they should. Yes. Cut out the middleman. Yeah. Yeah. And I had um, Manulife Bank full time and then um, started working with Cove Kombucha back then. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was fun. And um, and at some point it just got too much with clients on the side. And I thought, well, I can really, maybe I can just do this on like. Yeah. Good for you for taking that initiative. And this has been, what, three years now about? Almost, yeah. So what have you observed about the climate in terms of women in tech? Are we seeing more women in tech since then? Or are we seeing less? I think I. it's hard to say because I think at the back then I didn't really know. But I think the pandemic has been pretty good for tech overall. Like I always feel a little bit... Um, scared about making those statements because I know it hasn't been easy for everyone and it's been no. really hard for yeah, a lot of people. Of um, but I think a lot of the you know tech industry has done quite well because you know we're not tied down to a brick and mortar or a location or anything. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's been a really big opportunity for women. Um, another thing about like just the pandemic for women is I find it's been a really great leveler um, in terms of working from home with children. Before the pandemic, I worked from home with a child and (laughs) 
I always had to, you know, I had this policy where I had my door office, home office door closed and a sign on the door that said, mom is in a meeting. Um, and, (laughs) And then the pandemic happened and, you know, you would see men on calls and their children would come in. Yeah. Flying in too. Yes. (laughs) How many many YouTube clips have have you seen and spent like hours of your time when you should have been doing other stuff, maybe (laughs) looking at these clips of kids barging in on the men and it's it's almost yeah. always the men. The yeah. women seem to have had like a better handle. Yeah. Well, I think we just like we were told like you must have your work face on and you can't have your mom face on yeah. and so you know block out your children but then the pandemic happened and suddenly everyone was home mm-hmm. with children and so it just became this normal thing you know the first time a kid barged in on a man um, it became acceptable so yeah. I didn't have to have that sign on my door anymore nope. that said mom's in a meeting don't come in like now if I'm even if I'm on a client meeting and my son comes in and he says like can I do this and I'm like okay also, normalize, normalize being human beings. We're I human know. beings. We're not robots. We're working. Yeah. Yes, we're at work, but we're also human beings with, like, personal responsibilities. Yeah. And well, and you're, you're, you're especially working from home, and even if you're in the office, you need to have time to step away and, like, take a personal phone call or mm-hmm. be like, let me check on my kids or my dogs or my family. Like, yeah. Make you know. sure they're fed. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, these are the things that keep us going. If our kids are not okay, if our, our responsibility, I say kids, I have a pet, but yeah. if, they're, if, they're, if all's <laughs> not good with them, all can't be good with us and that will reflect on our work anyway so let's not pretend that it's work is our only responsibility let's normalize being human beings in the workspace and I think the pandemic has opened up like you said a lot of acceptability for that yeah a lot of grace for us being human and going through all of this together such a a devastating couple years it was for many people as you mentioned I think it's just normalized being human and and being vulnerable and, and having those responsibilities outside of just nine to five crunch some numbers or pull some posts or yeah whatever yeah. The case and and is. with that too just on the note of normalizing being human beings i think the amount of people who are really leading the the way to recognize where we've done good and where we've done wrong especially in terms of diversity mm-hmm. and like women in tech like there's so many amazing new initiatives coming out yeah. to like help put women forward which, where they should be and in leadership positions where they should be and even when it comes to you know like BIPOC people trans people disabled yeah. people you know like mm-hmm. we're really pushing that forward and you know as we've all been saying as unfortunate as the pandemic has been I think it's really put pressure on C-suite to be like recognize yes. who is sitting at the top and what they're doing to actually support people who are underneath them. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see how what, what the next like five to 10 years looks like in that in that aspect, because we're seeing, you know, female CEOs coming out and yes, please. Female, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like female leaders, female entrepreneurs, like people yeah. that aren't afraid to be like, yeah, I own this business and I'm a woman. Like yeah. I'm proud to be a woman. Yeah, totally agree. And I do think, yeah, things are definitely getting better for women. Um, Like with my company, I have only hired women. It's not necessarily because I don't want to hire any men. It's just that's how it's worked. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and the women who I've found um, who have, you know, showed up at my door and asked me for jobs and happened to be qualified for exactly what I needed, which is sort of how all of my hires have happened. Um, they, you know, they just all happen to be women and all happen to be amazing. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to la- ask the, uh, we kind of referenced this already. I actually kind of led into this. I'm, I don't know why I'm 
being good at that today. <laughs> um, but uh, how do you envision Nova Scotia's tech sector in five years? Oh, I like sort of like you were both saying, I hope that there is so much more diversity. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that there will be, but also more people from like rural areas. I'm yeah. going to say it over and over again. I'm here to represent oh, yeah. the r- yes. rural area. Shout it out loud and proud. <laughs> we're we're here for it. it. <laughs> but yeah, I just think, you know, there are so many um, people are are finding that, you know, they don't just have to hire the traditional, you know, person that they pictured as soon as they wrote the job description. Like your job description could fit many, many different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily just whoever you had in mind. So, um, yeah, I definitely hope that it continues in that um, trajectory. Yeah. And you know what? The diversity is especially important because we work in an industry that's ever changing, ever mm-hmm. progressing. And things are things are moving quick. And Nova Scotia is a very small fish in a big pond. Yes, I did that. Ooh. Because that's <laughs> the name of this episode. And we don't we, we can't necessarily keep up with what's going on with the rest of the world if we do not diversify our workforce. Well, look at Honestly. Toronto, right? How you are, know. Yeah. How are we going to keep up with with the tech leading people from Silicon Valley to Japan. Yeah. If we're hiring only one kind of people in one specific fixed space, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. we'll never keep up. So diversity isn't just important for being a good human being. It's important for the bottom line. Yeah. How do you keep up? How do you yeah. stay innovated and, and motivated? And there's a, there's a critical aspect, too, of experience that comes from identity. And yeah. people, I find so often people disregard that, even, you know, including, like, in interviews. Like, they only want to talk about, like, the technical stuff, like, do you know coding? Like, do you, do you code HTML, CSS? Do you know how to write a and schedule like a social post, like things like that? But like, let's talk to each other like we're humans yeah. and be like, what's what do you do in your spare time? Yeah, like what motivates you? Where do you see yourself in five to ten years, prefer pres- professionally and personally? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's important aspects outside of just the do you check all these boxes, yes or no? That's interesting that you mentioned that, and that um, one of my favorite questions during a job interview is. Tell me a time when you struggled. Ooh, because I love that. Because I do not want to hire someone who has never struggled. You have got to have struggled. Yeah. I on a, claps for that. I'm taking that. <laughs> I'm taking that. Like, I, yeah, and I, I learned that from um, one of the uh, guys at the agency. He did a lot of the hiring, and we did some hiring together, and he would always ask that question. And it's funny, he's one of my clients now. Wow. And I know, another full circle moment. <laughs> and so I was, I, I met him in person. I hadn't seen him in person forever. And I told him, like, that stuck with me. I love that question and I ask it every time. And if someone says, I can't really think of a time that I've struggled or Next. their time. Yeah. <laughs> Real people yeah. struggle. Real people struggle. If you yeah. live in a bubble your whole life, you're probably not ready for the workforce yeah. because the workforce comes with struggles yeah. and ups and downs oh, and, and real it comes challenging. fast. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not willing to adapt and take that struggle and like accept either like accept defeat or take on the challenge, like yeah. you're you're gonna drown. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I hope we hire more people who struggle. Yeah. That's inspiring. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, love, I really love that, though. I'm inspired. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you – tech tips. Yeah. I'll do, like, tech tips. Tech tips. <laughs> um, so you uh, sent along a little tech tip, but yeah. I'll, I'll give you the floor to kind of share more, but exploring, you know, how to get more engagement on social media posts. Yeah, yeah. so that's sort of my zone of genius. That's what I love is creating that community, building uh, an engaged community. And the only way to do that is to, like, 
you know, it's give and take. Social media is social after all. It's not <laughs> just a broadcast, it's a conversation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's maybe where, um, why I love organic social media so much is because I see, you know, some ads, okay, they can be conversation starters, but usually there's like, it's a goal of, you know, selling something. It's a goal to convert people. Whereas organic social is really about, you know, growing your audience and, and growing the loyalty. Like a, a paid ad can can sell something. It can sell your pair of socks that you're selling, but your organic social will create raving fans of your mm. socks, right? Yes. So um, I think you should definitely have a call to action on every post. Make sure you're telling people what you want them to do because they will do nothing unless you tell them <laughs> yeah, what to do. Good point. Yeah. So if that is, you know, double tap, if you agree, if it's tag a friend who would find this really inspiring, share this with someone who could use this tip, um, you know, drop an emoji in the comments if you feel this way um, or ask a question where people can answer the question in the comments because a lot of the algorithms really, they want to spark conversations. That's that's the goal of social media. Like I said, it's social. Yeah. So you want to spark conversation, you ask a question and you have to ask the right kinds of questions, not just questions, rhetorical questions, or did you know, or a yes or no question. Yeah. It's going to be a question where people are compelled to post something. You've all been scrolling through um, social media and you've seen questions and you've not been compelled to answer them yeah. but you've also seen questions that you've been like okay I really need to answer that question yeah. right so that's when you're sort of thinking those are the types of questions that you want to ask so questions where you can um, get a story out of someone or get an opinion out of someone what's the coolest thing you ever found on the beach uh, what's your best tip for traveling um, nice. What's the worst job you ever had? <laughs> a, a classic, but a favorite, a favorite. So those, favorite. those types of questions. Yeah. Um, so that's really how you can up the engagement on your post. And when you when you get more engagement, then the algorithms see that people are interested in it. It's sparking conversation. It's doing what they want social media to do. And so they show it to more people. Mm. So that's how you increase your reach. You get more engagement. You build that loyal fan base. Yeah. You build your audience. That's that's what you want. Yeah. Add some personality to your post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny because when I was, I guess, um, in school, they always said, like, stay professional, keep professional, use professional language. No, and that no one does that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely changed to the point where you're almost not appealing if you don't show personality. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite of what was schooled into me yeah you know, I find yeah especially working in marketing and comms like what I learned in school as soon as I left university I took it and then whoosh, in yeah. the garbage you know like it's it's great if you're writing papers all day but right I'm gonna go back to it the we're all humans experience. like yeah. people want to know there's actual humans behind this if not then we're all just gonna get like AI generators to yeah. generate copy for us and then just send that out like and we were taught by one generation but now we're working and trying to attract a whole other generation yeah. so I think we know what works best for our generation mm -hmm. and the people who are we're trying to appeal to I think my background in journalism really came in handy because so I have a Bachelor of Journalism and I worked as a reporter for several years. Um, 
And we are always taught to write in a conversational tone and write for a, um, like, I don't know what, what grade level, but definitely below grade eight. So mm-hmm. write in simple language that oh. everyone can understand. Um, conversational, all of that stuff, which is exactly the way that you write for social media. Yeah. Um, So it was super helpful. And my my first hire, um, who works full time with me, she also has background in journalism. I think it's super, it really lends itself well to social media. So yeah, because all of the journalism jobs are drying up anyway. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Oh, no. No, the struggle of journalism. (laughs) That's a whole other (laughs) thing. That's a whole other thing. Oh, dear. So I'm curious, um, you have a working space in Yarmouth, and um, have you lived there all your life? I grew up, so uh, yeah, raised in Pubnico, which is in Yarmouth County, um, uh, Acadian community, so French is my first language, and yeah, so I lived there, yeah, and then went to university in Halifax, went to King's, Um, then after King's, I was hired to work at an independent uh, weekly alternative paper, sort of like the coast, Uh in Moncton. And uh, did that until they were gobbled up by the Irvings. And then I quit because I was super idealistic and young. Yeah, so I quit. Um, And then I was snapped up by the CBC. Um, So I worked at CBC and Radio Canada um, because I was bilingual. So they just sort of shuffled me back and forth because um, CBC and Radio Canada were in the same building in Moncton. So they just sort of... I was on one side of the hall and then the other side. Um, and then I moved back to Yarmouth oh. um, after after a, a couple of years in Moncton. So Sweet. mostly I have lived in Yarmouth County. Yeah. So what's your favorite space to work out of outside of your office? I know you said you had a beautiful loft. Yes. But we on are the day... incredibly jealous. <laughs> yeah. If we get down there, yes. you will be coming totally. by. Totally. Yeah. I extend the invitation. And if anyone listening has not seen it, please go look at her yes. Instagram. Follow Ingrid. What is, is it? At WordCraft Inc. Yes. There we go. Yeah. And go see all the beautiful photos and yeah. get jealous yeah. with us. Yeah. So it's outside a, of the beautiful loft, yeah. where's your go-to place in Yarmouth to work out of? Probably my car. <laughs> <laughs> Way to sell Yarmouth to the yeah. people. <laughs> and you were saying earlier you drive a Prius. So, I drive uh, a Prius. I work out of my car. Yeah, it's like I'm so comfortable working out of my really? car. I know it's really. They are young. very cozy. Yeah, and I do, well, I used to do the trip back and forth to Halifax every week. Um so, yeah, every Monday I would work in Halifax. So I was back and forth all the time. I would always stop on the side of the road because I had, you know, it's social media. You, there's like a crisis situation or yeah. there's a recall or there's, you know, something. So you've got to answer a few comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, during. You, know, you can't go three hours without answering some comments. So <laughs> that would always happen. So, you know, very used to working out of my, my car. But there's yeah. not really any other places that I work out of in Yarmouth. I just love my office so much. I, Fair. I, we don't yeah. blame you. No said. No <laughs> said. But uh, that's all from us then. Yeah. Amazing. Thank we want so much fun. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. <laughs> For, like, what, are we twins? What are we, we doing? Are. It's a Taurus energy. <laughs> the Taurus yeah. energy. Oh my gosh, I'm a Taurus too. <gasps> <laughs> this changed. There we are. May Tauruses are like amazing. top tier. Yeah. Love it. Top tier. Love that for us. Yeah. Well, what a, what a great note to end on. Thank yes. you so much for giving your time today. And follow Ingrid at WordCraft Inc. Yeah. On Instagram. Check out her beautiful loft we'll in Yarmouth. Make sure to throw in some tags and stuff in the comments and the show notes. So yeah. And if you need social media services, yeah. yes. flow her way. Sure. And yeah. bilingual services. Yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Excellent. Thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.